0: cliffcentral.com Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Future CEOs. My name is Subim Moya Arnold. And once again, for those of you who are just tuning into the show for the very first time, this is a show about celebrating and advocating and amplifying entrepreneurship. This is a show that gives you tools, skills, ideas, innovation, and just the overall feel of the fears and the challenges and the greats and the tools, the do's and do nots of wanting to be a successful Innovated and disruptive. Entrepreneur, unfortunately, Gareth Armstrong, yes, is not here with me today. But you know, if you've heard this show before, how much I enjoy women who break stereotypes, women who have vision, women who are purpose-driven. And because I don't want to waste any more of her time, she's really been busy because we had a really exciting launch of something that we'll really unpack in the next 20 minutes. But without any further ado, I met her through her passion and her love of the youth. Of entrepreneurship, of women, and creating spaces where people can flourish. Jeshree Naidu, welcome to Future CEOs. Oh,
1: thank you so much for that warm introduction, baby. <laughs> I really appreciate it.
0: As I said to all of those who are listening to us, you've been a busy woman. I even said to you on Twitter, "Do you ever stop?" What makes you you, Jeshree? What is your unique mm. selling point? What is your power? So I love what I do and
1: that is helping other people reach their full potential. So every day is a joy in terms of, I don't think of work as work. I think of it as something that's very purpose-driven and we get to really make a difference in individuals' lives every single day.
0: You said yesterday that you also had a, a bit of a struggle when it comes to your education and your family. Tell us a bit of your background and where the love of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial spirit came to be. So I
1: come from a family that's very entrepreneurial. My dad worked all his life for over 40 years, hmm. but he was also a photographer. So he, You're from Phoenix, right? No, I'm not. Oh! i are, are going to talk about Phoenix later <laughs> on. I just wanted to slip it in there, <laughs> yes. But Phoenix is another Indian township. I grew up in an Indian township in Durban called Chatsworth. Um, and my dad worked for about 42 years, but as I said... Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he would take out his camera and he was a photographer. So, And I followed him around, watched him. But something unique happens when you're running a business while you're working. You have this entrepreneurial spirit, this drive to be successful. And I think when you have individuals like that that surround you in your life, it creates a culture in you to want to do more. Time, you know, you have actually so much time on our hands. As individuals, we've got so much time. We do very little with the time that we have. Mm. So I try and make the most of the time that I have because I've seen how my dad could stretch out an entire weekend by running a business, having time for his family, still getting up at 6 a.m. to catch a bus to get to work. So this is a natural type of uh, culture that we see within hardworking entrepreneurs that we get to touch every day.
0: Obviously, I met you through the great Melanie Hawken, uh, CEO of Lionesses of Africa, a great, a uh, woman, a uh, space of entrepreneurial challenges and celebrating each other through Africa. And then I met you recently at Youth Day again. You invited me to all the speed stars. I'm just dropping the brands, and I'm just I'm going to get into trouble. But it's okay because this is basically a follow through of you are consistent in what you do, um, and you've been with Standard Bank obviously for a very long time. What is the the thread that binds every single initiative that you do?
1: It has to have at its core something that's adding value in terms of either adding value to entrepreneurs, adding value to women entrepreneurs, adding value to the youth in terms of entrepreneurialism or changing lives. At the core of our strategy is changing lives and fulfilling aspirations. So before we get involved in any initiative, and the brands that you dropped are not our brands. Mm. They are recognized brands that are out there already. We've just been privileged as an organization to partner with those brands. And it's about finding those brands that align to your purpose and your vision and your drive. And that's exactly what we've done with Phoenix as well, is found something that really embraces what we try and achieve from an organization perspective. And that's changing lives and fulfilling aspirations.
0: We like talking about obviously leadership. It's part of uh, trying to be a successful entrepreneur. Skills, skills technical skills or connections in in, just in your uh, expertise and field and years of being in the business. What has made you a business leader? The connections that you've made over time or the technical skills that you've had through the education, which was something that you, you you finished, but it wasn't easy.
1: So I think it's a bit of both. I've been privileged to work for some of the biggest organizations in South Africa. I have worked for some of the biggest organizations in South Africa. And with that, besides the formal education that I have, the leadership training and development and mentorship and you know, really great individuals taking me under their wings and giving me access to their thinking, to their mentorship, to their guidance. You know, that is a very, very important component of my growth. Hmm. But the technical side of it in terms of qualifications and studying the right things at the right time and making sure you build that into everything that you do. So a lot of individuals study for the sake of studying, or they get a qualification for the sake of a qualification. But if you can make sure you use your qualifications and create something out of it. So whenever I've studied, I've tried to do something with that qualification. I've written papers. I've developed models. I've implemented those models wow, in large woman. organizations. Wow, including... Um, the program that I'm now currently running at Standard Bank. So that's based on a model that I've developed, but through the years that I've studied. So it's important to bring all of that together in terms of growing yourself within an organization and in your business. So the same applies. When I was an entrepreneur, I used the knowledge that I acquired in the business world to run a successful consulting business. But joining an organization was just as easy because you just take those learnings and you apply it and you run your business unit in a company like you would run your own business.
0: How do you keep yourself self-empowered and self-educated and just keep the thirst alive for information and knowledge and just raising your bar? in in what you do and who you are and how do you want the world to see you? What do you do? Do you read? Do you go to... What do you do? I don't want to give you examples. What do you do? I read a lot. Do you?
1: I love reading.
0: So... I am a
1: sucker for books. I have far too many books in my house. In fact, we're actually building a study that's just going to be filled with shelves for some of our books because they're all over the house. I don't read fiction. I read business books. I read people's life stories. I read books about models and business models. So. Maybe boring to some, mm. but I just love books. And then on the side, I have my Kindle with three mm. or four books that I'm reading at the same time. So I love to read. Do you want to um, name drop one or two
0: of your favorites?
1: Um, you know, there's just such amazing books out there. I mean, one of the books that I was given recently at a strategy conference, which is quite a difficult read, but it's called Team of Teams. And uh, it's actually by an army general and it's quite a difficult read with all the army rhetoric but at its core it's about uh, empowerment and giving others space to grow and understanding that the world around you is actually bigger than yourself and we forget that sometimes as we grow within organizations you know I've read the also the difficult reads like a Steve Jobs but everything from Steve Jobs to Elon Musk to really understand how these entrepreneurs stick what do they think how do they surround themselves with people how do they behave and not all of them are role models let's be honest Mm. but they are key takeaways from every one of these business books. And when entrepreneurs tell me that we don't have enough mentors and coaches, it upsets me because they haven't taken the time to actually learn from some of the best minds out there in terms of reading their stories. I mean, these individuals have taken the time to document their life journeys in a book cover to cover. And if you take the time to go through that, chances are you'll get some pretty good nuggets. So there
0: are ways of getting access to those skills by reading. What do you think of the food for thought whereby we want to break away from trying to be a Silicon Valley as African, as Africans, you know, that, you know, the Steve Jobs and the Facebook CEOs, as words are not gods, you know, that they claim and they want us to believe that they are. What do you think of that school of thought?
1: I think there are definitely learnings from Silicon Valley, but we're Africa. We're a developing country. We forget that. So when we look at models from Silicon Valley and the East sometimes, mm. and the West, we forget that as a country we're developing. Um, at a time, I was also involved in the national system of innovation and the reframing of that for the country. And one of the studies we did and dialogues was around how we've confused ourselves as a country, that we are a, developing, we are a developed nation. So we built all of our focus and infrastructure around technology. And that enabling environment does not exist. So if you think you can build around something that doesn't exist, it's very difficult to get the end result. And that's the reason, you know, systems of innovation sits within the Department of Science and Technology, but a lot of our population can't even access basic electricity I know, I know. instead of trying to you know, emulate what's coming out of Silicon Valley. We need to solve innovations uh, for the community. You remember when we were at the Giving Wings program on Youth Day, those kids had to come up with innovative products, but the bulk of the products were facing community challenges. So they came up with innovative solutions, solving Developmental challenges. And that's where we need to shift and our focus. And there was just brilliant. Yes. But if we get back to your question about Silicon Valley, if we only focus on Silicon Valley, when 98% of the innovations are around technology, apps, mobile, money, then we move away from really our the
0: problems.
1: Things. Exactly. So we, we so can't true. solve The development challenges. And that's where we need to focus our innovation, our energy on. Focus on innovations, but focus on developmental innovations. They can be technology driven, but they're developmentally focused. And that's where I would like us to take learning some silicone, how they've done it, but change
0: the school of thought on where we put our energy and focus areas. You sound like you are just a wealth and an encyclopedia of uh, entrepreneurship for dummies. Take us back to your consultancy days where you ran your own business and, you know, the beginning start up years of it all. Tell us about a hard knock lesson that you had to learn and that's actually has given you the leeway of being straight up and so focused and so uh, I'm happy that you made that mistake because you learned such a great lesson from it and it's made you the, the, uh, stratospheric, uh, entrepreneurship guru that you are today.
1: So lesson number one, cash is king. Sure.
0: <laughs> I, we heard that. Yeah. Tell us a story. You, you like stories.
1: My lesson is um, I had an amazing client. I'm not going to mention the name. A wonderful relationship. We worked well together for almost six months. And then there was a really important important piece of work that I had to deliver. And I had to deliver it over a three-month period because it was a long-term project. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you trust that when you put an invoice in front of a client, it will be paid. Uh,
0: I I still battle with that (laughs) today.
1: So that particular invoice, which was the bulk of my cash flow in terms of what I was relying for, relying upon in early days of my consulting practice, took nine months to be paid after completion of a piece of work and this was a really big company Mm. and uh, it really um, damaged my cash flow uh, ability to repay certain key debts that I had Correct. Correct. To, the, to the extent that I had to extend myself financially, uh, you know, to try and get a loan to be able to cover some of those expenses. So I realized in order to never be in that position again, I had to have as much cash in my account as possible to pay some of the debt that I might be getting and not rely on customers paying on time. Mm. And that's one of the things I am so pedantic about now as we run our incubator. It's are we paying our entrepreneurs that are giving I us hear you. services on time? I hear you. Um, if they need money up front, are we allowing them to you know, crowd in funding to help them to reach some of their milestones? Because the Entrepreneurial journey is very lonely. (laughs) It's very lonely and it's fraught with mistakes that we make uh, by making assumptions around certain things that we shouldn't be.
0: You know, that's. I can't believe, like, in this time, in this space, in this day and age, we still. I still have that problem, you know, and it's back breaking, and it cripples the GDP. It, it cripples the economic because then I can't pay my suppliers, etc. So, thank you for bringing that up. Um, I think that the lessons learned are so important for an entrepreneur. Speaking of crowdfunding, explain what that is to our entrepreneurs who are actually not sure or want to get involved in a crowdfunding initiative.
1: So crowdfunding is all about using the ability of the crowd to crowd in money for a particular social venture or venture. You know, internationally, crowdfunding is well known with initiatives like uh, Kickstart and there are others as well. But crowdfunding is, I have a great idea. So Klubi has a great idea. She's going to make beautiful sunglasses of every color, shape, and size. And uh, she needs to now produce this beautiful gloss. She puts the product online and then she tells all her friends and family, hi guys, I have this amazing product. Do you want to give me some money? So there's crowdfunding where you raise funding to go on a holiday, whether you want to pay for a product. And then there's what we call venture crowdfunding, where individuals give you money but then they expect equity in your business as well so there are different crowdfunding platforms and then as you know you were at the launch yesterday we've launched a crowdfunding platform for students to actually put their profiles online and raise money for tertiary education so that's an example of a social crowdfunding platform
0: as well and it also fills the bbee kind of social economic you know which is great
1: Because, you know, in South Africa, you've got organizations that really need to adhere to the B E scorecard. A lot of them struggle, and that's the reason we exist, you know, by providing entrepreneurial support to individuals. But they also have a pillar called SED. And SED is where you use your skill spend to actually pay for your staff to be developed. Wow. But we've created this crowdfunding platform, which is owned by Phoenix Trust, which allows big organizations to give us a percentage of their SED spend and that money will go towards paying university fees for students that cannot afford the tertiary fees from any one of the 26 public
0: institutions. So if you are a high potential uh, entrepreneur out there who knows of a family, a friend, a fellow entrepreneur who really is struggling to finish off their uh, tertiary education, this is the show for you. Let's go back, Jessie. So it's called Phoenix, yes. and you are the interim CEO. I am. How's it going?
1: It's going very well. I just took on the position officially a few days ago, and my first official appearance was yesterday with... The- thank you with the you know the press release mm. that went out and for me it is about getting everyone to spread the word about the amazing work that we can do through Phoenix. Really, it's about changing lives of students that need access to funding. It's going extremely well. Mm -hmm. We would love to fund more students. Yesterday, you heard four students were fully funded. By close of business today, we have five students fully funded. If we go at this rate, I think we're going to get many more students fully funded, many more organizations participating, many more students who have their lives changed forever because their
0: fees are paid and they can really realize their dreams. And know you big on internships, as you spoke about, mentorship. Um, how does this kind of tie in with that bursary advantage that you're giving them through Phoenix?
1: So remember, Phoenix, uh, you don't have to pay this money back. Yes. Students Amen. Paid, the fees get paid directly to the university. Mm. If you think about it, I mean, Klooby, if you are at university and you're concerned every day that you have fees outstanding, You know, that is driving your behavior. It might be demotivating you. but Depression. Exactly. But it might be taking time away from you to try and get interim jobs so that you can pay your fees. And that takes away time from you actually studying. But if you allow yourself freedom to get exposure to mentoring and coaching, you're going to make yourself available to events. Events like the ones we have. Events like open events that universities have. You're going to go and buy one of those books I was speaking about. You're going to go buy Black Like Me, you're going to read it cover to cover because you have the time. You're in a better space of mind. Mentoring and coaching is important. It's not something that we are linking to this platform right now. Mm -hmm. But definitely the students that go through this program and are successful, Mm -hmm. we want to be there for them to see how we can help them reach their next milestone. You know, For us, finding a student's next is going to be
0: absolutely critical as well. Hashtag, Hashtag what's your
1: next.
0: Let's talk about sustainability how are we going to sustain this after um, standard Bank has come to the party uh, what what happens next?
1: So Standard Bank has provided the funding for this platform for at least three years, managing the operational funding, the operations, making sure that it works, making sure that it's sustainable. As mentioned, a 5% fee is charged for every donation that is made. So the donor gets charged 5% of whatever they donate. Okay, okay. That 5% will be used to run the operations of Phoenix. But for three years, Phoenix has a runway. And when you have a runway, we have to do everything we can to make sure it is successful and sustainable. Uh So at the end of that three-year period, it should be self-sustaining using the 5% operational fee that we will be charging.
0: Okay, that makes it very clear. Tell us about, what was I going to ask you, Um, the sign-up process for any student who wants to go into this um, bursary initiative.
1: It's absolutely simple. So, you don't ask us, but I'll share it anyway. <laughs> Phoenix is spelled F-E-E-N-I-X, which is Nix for fees. Love it. So, phoenix.org, and students just need to go onto that platform. They need to create a profile, submit their information. There's a verification process that happens to verify the student, to verify that's st- Fees are outstanding to check on things like addresses, link with individuals that do or do not qualify for funding. Once the student has been verified, their profile goes live on the platform, and then the student can share that profile with anyone, and any individual wanting to donate can also go onto Phoenix.org, create a profile. You've got to register. The reason you have to register is so that you can get a Section 18A tax certificate. So if you're an entrepreneur, you can claim it back as a donation. If you're an individual, you can claim it back for tax purposes. And if you're a corporate and you want to put money into the bursary pool or the funding pool, sorry, you will then get credits back or points back for your SED reporting purposes mm. for Triple B E, so we've tried to make it as mm. easy as possible. There's a snap scan functionality I saw that's that. built into I saw, the saw platform that. platform as well, and later on we will be introducing conversion of some of your rewards points. So sometimes you never know what to do with your UConn you points. My son uses it for KFC, but some <laughs> others might say, "Well, I don't know what to do with my UConn points. Just take it and pay it towards someone's school fees." So we're going to make those functionalities available. Our CEO, Standard Bank CEO, has made the program available and made every other CEO of every other bank and large corporate aware of Phoenix. So we're trying to make this bank agnostic. Every bank should want to own it, take it out there to their market, get behind it sponsor students. And the great part is just staff members have raised over 130,000 rands when we launch this platform and that's just by telling people to get on people have told their kids so it's been an amazing socially driven initiative as well
0: you know as future CEOs especially um, here at Cliff Central future CEOs we really do believe in what you believe in so please in the moment and keep us posted I mean we're going to try our utmost best to try and get involved and to try and create that space of discourse and conversation on our platform so we're really there for you and we really want to be part of this journey because I think it's important. So you said it's for students of all universities nationwide. All universities
1: nationwide, all 26 public universities for now. We do want to take it into TVETS later on, every other formal institution but for now, every one of the 26 universities, students are, we're happy to accept them onto the platform. Activations will be happening from the 27th of July on campuses so we can try and assist these students getting their stories told. You need I'll definitely
0: be there for those. Last question about it. Are the arts included in this process? You know, the, 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 the department of me, b SI and all the arts, because my, my, my claim to fame is an actress, but I've stumbled and created longevity and sustainability in my industry by being an entrepreneur. But when I go back, you know, I am an actress and I am a thespian. So what do we do with all those studying the arts and creative arts at the three universities? Does this Any? include them? Any, any,
1: any degree is actually going to be accepted. That is phenomenal. We already have students that are studying art. Both of my kids are studying art. They're in the artistry field. They're designers. They're creators. So that's not the reason. <laughs> the yeah. reason is this is not exclusive to just individuals for in the science field or just individuals that we can employ as a bank. This is open to any type of student that needs support because we need to build the creative economy as much as we build the, a technological. Economy Correct. And Correct. the technological economy. Correct. And the world is changing. So the jobs of tomorrow don't exist today. Correct. We need to create a large group and a diverse group of individuals that's going to be able to access the right skills. And we just need to create an enabling environment, take away all of the barriers so they can be successful.
0: You truly are a a renegade for people who just want to go there and disrupt, you know, the norm and and destroy the stereotypes and really do fulfill their full potential. And also at the end of the day, enjoy life and as women entrepreneurs you have to juggle family life work other kids kids you lose sleep over the other youth how do you do it how do you how do you do it all mom wife career mentor you name it fairy godmother what what goes through your mind and how do, what makes you sleep well at night
1: I've been married to the same wonderful man for 25
0: years (laughs) so already
1: that will tell you that my pillar of strength actually comes from my spouse who I could not do all of the amazing work I do without so that's that is just the reality. And then I have beautiful children. You know, I have a 21-year-old. I have a 20-year-old. And for me, the work that we do, we're actually leaving behind for them. So I want my kids to inherit a better world than I came into. I do not want them to experience the same financial challenges that I had. I want to be... but. Besides them, it's every kid like them. You know, those kids that won on the day and the child that won not having shoelaces on her shoe... It is a reality that we need to acknowledge as citizens of the country. And every one of us has a responsibility to actually do more, to be more. And if we can all say, I can do something about it, because we can, I mean, we should stop complaining about what we can't do and rather look at what we can do. And that's what helps me sleep at night. So I have lots of sleepless nights because there's so much to be done in a country. But I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by people. I have an amazing team at work. I've got an amazing leadership team at work. I work for a wonderful organization that believes in what I believe in. So all of those
0: things have helped me to achieve what I need to achieve. I love the fact that you're a firm believer of prevention of the youth falling through the cracks of our system. Last question as we wrap up the show. I could speak to you forever and ever and ever, but I know you've got other places to be and families to feed. Joshi, what would you say An advice you'd give to the 20-year-old, 21-year-old you about life and your life as it is now? What would you have said to yourself? What would you say to yourself? Hang in there. Difficult times are coming.
1: But if you believe in your journey ahead and if you can see your future,
0: you will get there. We love you, we adore you, we respect you, we honor you, and thank you so much for spending time with us on Future CEOs. That was Dresha Naidoo, interim CEO of Venus.org. Thank you so much. Thanks, Luby.
1: Bye.